0: A lot of bullshit going on down here.
1: No bullshit.
2: Just did breaking news. Double no bullshit. Double no bullshit. No bullshit.
1: It is February 26, 2021. Welcome to No Bullshit News Hour, the fastest growing news hour in the state of Michigan. We have a big, big program today, not least of which is this a huge announcement concerning Whitmer and her nursing home cover-up, stay tuned for that. And I'm really pleased that Janice Dean, the chief meteorologist with Fox News, whose in-laws died in the nursing homes in New York. It's a pain in the ass to Governor Cuomo, would not shut up, made herself aware of all the facts, and helped push this thing to its current state. And hopefully we can light the fire here in Michigan because all of our elders deserve better than what they're getting. Also, Chris Cabrera from the border and the situation going on there with the children, the noose, the federal noose tightening around Mayor Mike Duggan's neck and our correspondent comedian Detroit Red live from the projects where they're shutting off the gas. Hmm. But before we get to all that, we're from our sponsors, American Coney Island Esquire calling it one of the hundred restaurants in America that we cannot afford to lose because if we lose it, we lose a piece of ourselves. They have conies. We all know about those, and you can get them at AmericanConeyIsland.com delivered to your door. But look, it's Friday. It's Lent. Look and hey, get that off. Look at this. Look at <laughs> this delicious fish sandwich. Every Friday, only Friday. That's Alaskan pollock. That's cheese. That's lettuce, and they're hand dipped. At the restaurant. These don't come out of a box and throw them in the fryer. These are delicious. It's pretty good. I'm be, I'm being told they sold out already there. Getting close too. I'll go down there and give them a call, see if they still got any. American Coney Island. Oh, this is
0: not muk-ball.
1: Don't eat on camera, Mark. What? That's what Mark does.
0: This is not don't do that.
1: <laughs> Karen, how come don't every time we that. go live you, your microphone screws up? I don't know. I don't you can't hear me? I don't know. No, you're in that raggedy corner again. Come on! <laughs> it sounds so much better from the living room. You and Oprah and Gail in the living room. Also, give me, give me, give me, give me a little Maurice Davis. hmm. Flint City Councilman Maurice Davis, oh, Trump supporter oh, and so. king of the party blues. <laughs> Separately owned. Yeah, he knows. Luke Nowaki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Remember, if you're not among the ruling elite who can make your pals' pockets fat off the taxpayers' back, if you actually work for a living or you're hoping to get back to work, you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and theirs. Remember that. They all kept getting a paycheck when you weren't. If you have questions, whether you're on the right track, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki, dear friend of mine, 248-663-4748. Grow your assets, annuities, individual retirement accounts, college saving plans, and good old stocks and bonds. Make that call now. Your politicians and your children are dependent on you. Luke Nowaki, 248-663-4748. Oh, hey, Royal Alliance Association Incorporated. As a yeah. Royal Alliance,
2: so matter of fact, you tell king stopped stop by. <laughs> After all, I am talking about the Royal, <laughs> Royal Alliance Association Incorporated. Association. Incorporated.
1: You are so welcome, Luke. That is a hit song That's great. own right. Break it off in your ass. (laughs) What's a nice segue? Speaking of breaking it off in your ass, guess who broke it off? In New York? Governor.
2: Oh, yeah. What a mess. Andrew
1: Cuomo's ass. She's with us now. Janice Dean Newman. Newman being the married name. She's been trying to get rid of it in the corner there. (laughs) (laughs) Happily married, I'm sure, just doesn't want to use the name. Janice, um, first of all, thanks for being here. It's really an honor.
3: Thanks for having me. I,
1: I just love a tough chick, one that doesn't back down, one that knows what's right, whether people are crediting her with it or attacking her, because this is true, is it not? Through this whole thing, we're almost a year into this, Cuomo's put on a pedestal. You call out these nursing home shenanigans he did this this it's an outrage it's it's an illegality and you get tagged by not only him but his supporters as the empty-headed weather girl who doesn't know anything oh god about true that's about true then why do you keep going because we know what it is to take on the power why did you and did you ever think is it worth it
3: well, at the beginning, I wasn't going to say anything. My husband's a pretty private person. He's a firefighter. He's been with the FDNY for 25 years. His father was a firefighter for 23 years. Uh, he's not in my business. He's not in our business of broadcasting. And he's, you know, he likes to sort of keep his private business private. But um, when I wasn't seeing the coverage of the nursing home issue, which we were finding out after my husband's parents died about the March 25th order that was in place for 46 days, putting over 9,000 COVID positive patients into nursing homes, uh, I felt I needed to speak up because I was seeing Governor Cuomo on his brother's show on CNN with giant Q-tip props, joking around, talking about his love life and who who was the favorite son of Matilda while we were mourning and body bags are being piled up outside of nursing homes. And no one was asking him the question about the nursing homes. He was going around celebrating himself. He had a COVID poster he was promoting and selling. And then, of course, his leadership book that he wrote in the middle of a pandemic and then his Emmy Award. So I felt it was my duty uh, to speak up and talk about my family story on behalf of all the other 15,000 families that wanted answers.
1: When did you start noticing something's Wrong with the nursing homes? When when did you, you know, because they, they were pretty clever about it. When do you start noticing the bodies piling up?
3: Well, my father in law died at the end of March, and we didn't even know he died of COVID. We got a call on a Saturday morning. And remember, we were in quarantine, so we couldn't go see them or, you know, we talked to them. We tried to. His father was in a nursing home rehab because he needed health he had health issues so we needed to get him better in better shape to join his wife at the assisted living residence so they're in completely separate residences because mickey needed uh to have rehab he also had dementia so he needed 24-hour care and we didn't even know that he was sick until we got a call on a saturday morning and they told us he was running a fever and then three hours later we get a call saying he's dead And we didn't even know he had COVID until the funeral home director called us and told us on the death certificate, it said COVID. Um, I remembered, you know, when I look back, uh, that we did get a call about a week before he got sick and died, saying that they were going to move him to another floor to bring in more patients. But we didn't know anything. We didn't know that these patients could possibly have COVID. Um, And then two weeks later, we lost his mother-in-law. And I started to see these reports on the news about this order that was still in place at the time. Uh, So this was going on for 46 days until May 10th when they finally reversed the order. And I noticed that they scrubbed it from the health department website.
1: Okay. Mm. So real quick, do you know if your mother and father, because basically you married in a long enough time, they're your mother and father. So I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to just say in-laws. Are they even on the official count? Do you know?
3: I don't think my mother-in-law is because she died in the hospital. Um, and that's one of the big issues here in New York. New York is the only state that didn't count those that died in the hospital, but got COVID in their elder care facilities. That was their cute way of trying to um, you know, hide the numbers, essentially. Um, for many months, he was going with a 6,000 number and and now we know it's over 15,000 that died when you count those in the hospital. Um, and because my mother-in-law got COVID in her assisted living, died in the hospital, her number did not count back then.
1: Okay, so guys, uh, Karen and Mark, bear with me as I she's going to be surprised what I'm going to tell her here, right? So, so l- one more thing. Your in-laws, What there, look, there's a nursing home. There's a home for the aged. There's adult foster care. There's private assisted living. Where were your in-laws at? Do you know?
3: My mother-in-law was in an assisted living residence and my father-in-law was at a nursing home.
1: Okay. Because that's sort of the breakdown here. What if I told you our governor exactly copied Cuomo? I know. Okay. So on... Uh, March 25th, right? That's Cuomo's order. And March tw- 25th or 6th, he goes to the state legislature and gets blanket amnesty for nursing homes, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Our governor on March 29th copies that, puts that order in place. On April 15th, she puts in place what Cuomo put in place about letting infected people into buildings where uninfected people are, right? Saying... You set up a COVID wing uh, as if anybody was even looking if they were capable of doing it. Cuomo gets drilled. It's so bad that on May 10th, he stops the practice, right? But in, but in Michigan, on May 15th, the governor doubles down on it and we're still doing it, Janice, today. Oh. What would you say if you were here? It's criminal. It's criminal. Okay, so let's say that.
0: If I can ask, go ahead. You have a platform, and you've used that platform to elevate this issue. Uh, and Charlie has been a champion for this since day one. Uh, but certainly, people whose family members are there are not helpless, uh, and nor are they hopeless. What do you say to them?
3: They have to raise their voices. They have to write to their local officials. They, they have to make phone calls. They have to go on social media. They have to share what's happening on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. That's what I'm doing. I mean, my, my social media used to be all about, here's the storm coming, and here's a picture of a cute dog, and here's National Hamburger Day, and now it's all about this because I feel like we have to shout it from the rooftops. It's the only way. Um, and you need to call your nursing homes and, uh, and, and raise your voice. I, you know, I've been talking about having a, a, a loss, you know, a, a, a lawsuit with a bunch of people and not because we think we're going to get any kind of money for it, but because we want to start the discovery process. Because we need an investigation into this. We need independent investigations with subpoena power, bipartisan. It's not political. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's about right and wrong. Why? Yeah, but why? why.
1: Janice, Janice. Like Cuomo says it and he's an asshole. But let me put it from another poll here. It's a decent question. He He said, who cares where seniors died? They died it's over, right? It's over. So what would all of this do that you're advocating for? What would the investigate? Why, why would we need to do it?
3: So that it never happens again. So that this never happens again. And if there's criminal behavior, he goes to jail. We just still don't know where that March 25th order came from. What are the origins of that? We know it's not science-based. I think it's uh, hospital lobbyists. I think it has to do with Medicare and Medicaid and there's money involved. And why didn't he use the comfort ship and the Javits center and the makeshift hospitals that were in place for this very reason. Uh, he uh, yes, the- yes!
1: exactly. Exactly. Look here. I'm going to say this. here's another thing, Janice, because it's still happening in my state. So I'm going to ask you now, and I'm going to ask you at the end of this, will you advocate for us? Cause you're a big voice. We, we have a lot of problems. Our loved ones are locked behind doors. They've been, they're cattle pens. They're dying still. We get the science and we find out there's no science. We find out that, uh, what's her name? What's Cuomo's uh, secretary's name? Melissa DeRosa? What did she say to the Democratic caucus about what went down in August with these numbers with Cuomo?
3: It was a closed door meeting a couple of weeks ago with Democratic lawmakers, and she basically apologized to them for um, not keeping them up to date on what was going on with the nursing home issue because they were stonewalling. There were um, many investigations from the DOJ, which I also know is investigating Whitmer in Michigan. And by the way, not whoa, only. Oh, Whitmer. whoa,
1: whoa, wait, what? Really? Really? That's yes. a piece of news. DOJ's investigating Whitmer.
3: Yes, this has been in place. For many months now, it's it's Cuomo, it's Whitmer, it's New Jersey's um, Governor Murphy and Wolf. But they're Cuomo. still
1: on it. There's because we we all thought you know because there's a new announcement from the um, Brooklyn U.S. Attorney that they're looking into it. You're saying they're looking into our governor as well. Still, that's alive.
3: Yeah. Yes, there, I mean the DOJ investigation has been happening for many months. But my point is. The DOJ was investigating Cuomo, and that was Melissa DeRosa telling her Democratic lawmakers, hey, the DOJ was on us. We had to get some information to them, which, by the way, they didn't get any information to the DOJ because I have a connection over there. And one of the senior officials told me that since October, they weren't giving them any information. But she was basically saying, that's why you guys have kind of been in the dark, because when the DOJ called, we froze We didn't know what to do. We didn't want, you know, we didn't want all of a sudden to be this, the news story. So she basically admitted in a closed door meeting that they were covering up the information and Cuomo calls it a void in information so that there was a period of time where they weren't getting that information to their democratic friends.
1: Let me give you this. Our governor, your governor, pals, great pals. When they were tanking, the numbers when they weren't being honest with us back in August. That was the Republican National Committee. Trump was starting up with them, so they lied. They basically they issued Cuomo and Whitmer issued on August 24th or 5th, I can't remember, a joint statement when the DOJ asked for the numbers. Let me read it. Quote. This is nothing more than a transparent politicization of the Department of Justice in the middle of the Republican National Convention. It's no coincidence the moment the Trump administration is caught weakening the CDC's COVID-19 testing guidelines to artificially lower the number of positive cases, they launched this nakedly partisan deflection. True as that may be or not be, we know you now artificially lowered the number of deaths. Where's the media? Where's the media? Janice, where's the media?
3: That's why I'm speaking out cuz the media wasn't there. They weren't there. Um he was on our governor anyway, ABC, CBS, all the morning shows and he was never asked the nursing home question. So that's why I was I was vocal about it and went on a congratulations tour the whole time. So he was, huh. you know, trying to make his own, you know, a ticker tape parade on all of the major news programs. Yeah. Um, so you know that's why I've been vocal. That's why our attorney general, who is a Democrat, she she did her own investigation into this governor and was able to uncover some of those numbers and said that they were undercounted and also. Um, Cuomo and his administration investigated themselves a couple of months ago and absolved them of any (laughs) wrongdoing and blamed it on the nursing home workers for bringing in all of the COVID that that killed off over 15,000 people. So he was investigating himself. uh, We had that
1: too. We had that too.
2: Janice, because you are so vocal and very well-known Um, you got to believe he knows about it. Uh, What kind of reception have you received, uh, if any, from Cuomo, his staff, or anybody near him?
3: At the very beginning, when I first started this, I got an email from a person who knows the Cuomo family very well. Uh, and I, and they wrote, you know, I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, this is a really valid fight you're fighting, but just, you should watch your back. Ooh. So um, I forwarded that to my bosses and I just said, hey, FYI, um, just in case. Um, and then uh, they, his, um, one of his, I call him a spokes troll because he's always on <laughs> social media. Uh, rich as a party. He's, he's one of the big bullies for Cuomo. Um, he, he's quoted as saying she's not a reliable source on anything except maybe the weather. Uh, so to
1: slam to weather people everywhere, by the way, in the, in the news, it's business in, in the news business, yeah. the most soulful, well-rounded and interesting people I've ever met are the meteorologists mm. like, like, De, uh, Derek Kevra, Kevra, I love Kevra, like, uh, Rich Luderman, God bless her. The Jessica, Captain. Jessica Starr, deep. People, really fun people Mm -hmm. and real people. So they can fuck off, basically. You're the fucking killer. You're the liar and you're the dude that needs to be called to the carpet. Let me give you this one, Janice. In my state, watch this. In Michigan, remember Cuomo stops doing this May 10th. We don't start even counting COVID cases in the nursing homes until June. We don't start counting deaths in the nursing homes. Until July, we don't start counting deaths in the other homes like the foster care until December. Now, one more thing. You don't have this in New York. I looked into it. We had the New York Times bureau chief for Albany on last week. Can you see this? Mm -hmm. I know some people see that 48 with the asterisk. This is the daily death count in Michigan from COVID. It says 48. But the asterisk down below, it's explained this way. The deaths announced today includes 30 deaths identified during a vital records review. The vital records review meaning these people are already dead. So I've been asking, just like you, smaller place, Midwest, little pond, you know, we're cow town. Um, can you give me the date that these people died and where they were infected? Maybe their race, maybe their age. And you know what? They won't give it. Something that simple. So I know where you're at, but I think, you know, I don't, this isn't a partisan deal by you. Is this just a human thing or are you like just out to get Democrats?
3: No, of course not. I'm not a political person. No one knows who I voted for. Tell us. Um, No, (laughs) it's not. But I will say this. You know, the people that say, oh, well, you're on Fox News and, you know, um, how how convenient uh, that you're on a a network where conservatives watch and you're going after a Democratic governor. Well, I would be doing this as well if it was a Republican, uh, a Republican governor. But you know what? I wouldn't have to do it because the media would do it for me. It would be all over CNN and MSNBC and all those wonderful channels that never covered it. I wouldn't have to be here because they would cover the story. And if it was a Ron DeSantis in Florida that put over 9,000 COVID positive patients in a nursing homes that killed over 15,000 elderly, he might be in jail right now.
1: Two questions, and then I'll let you go. And you can hang out if you want to hear the breaking news, but two questions. Now that we know the state of these nursing homes, what cattle pens they are, Right. Who's out there advocating for the elderly? Is, do you know of anybody who's now saying, hey, let's start fixing the state of these places because people were dying from infections before COVID?
3: It's a good question. And it's something that I would like to try to do after this is now we see the rot underneath the floorboards uh, and, and how dysfunctional these places have been. Not all of them. right. Um, But I think, yeah, there, there's a huge problem and there's, it's, there's a lot of corruption, uh, and there's a lot of ties, uh, that, that, you know, that sort of keep them, you know, not making enough money to pay people the right amount of money to do this work that is so important. I mean, I prayed that there was a good person in the nursing home, uh, holding my father's hand, you know, as he looked, took his last breath. I mean, these people are doing, angel work, right? And they need to be paid for that. So I've said that after this, I would like to be someone to give a voice to an overhaul of this very badly run system.
1: Bravo. Uh, The last question is for whoever wants to ask it.
2: Well, I'm just kind of curious too, is (laughs) what And it may, may be a weird question, but what's more insulting, uh, the way they handled it or the response once they're called to the carpet about it, in your opinion, Janice? Huh.
3: It's a great question. Well, Howard Zucker, who is our health commissioner, he was uh, he was testifying yesterday for something completely different, but they did ask him the questions about the nursing home. And he's Cuomo's right-hand guy, right? He helped write that mandate. And he continued to lie and blame and you know, they point blank said, so this March 25th order that put infected patients into nursing homes had no impact whatsoever. And he basically said, no, it didn't. Maybe a single case. So that's what drives me crazy is they continue to just lie through their teeth and get away with it. Remember,
1: ours is still going on for now. Remember ours is still going on. So there was, um, a hearing yesterday by our state house oversight committee, the governor didn't even send a representative. So now it's rope a dope. It's rope a dope madam. And it's not happening because we got Janice now. It's not partisan.
3: Yeah. I mean, the rallies help too. If you can, if you get an organize a rally and have people that are mad enough and they make posters and signs that helps as well. Because those are the people that in, inspire and impact change. The ones that have had something happen to them or their families. Those are the ones, the ones with the picket signs and the loud voices together. Those are the ones that do inspire change. And if you do it in front of a place uh, where, you know, there's a government building, Pretty good chance that the news crews are going to come, yeah. and a pretty good chance that some of those lawmakers are going to have to come out of the building at some point.
1: Absolutely, and I'm going to remember. So,
3: Jan, can I can,
0: I ask, can I ask one more thing? Are you going to switch switch from meteorology and maybe into investigative reporting <laughs> since you're doing now the work that maybe some of your other media colleagues should or could have been doing?
3: Well, I listen. I, I'm doing it on behalf of my family, but I'm also doing it. In, I'm in the news business, so I'm, I'm trying to report on in my wheelhouse what' I'm, what I'm doing right now. Listen, I, I will be glad when I'm back to doing the meteorology and predicting storms instead of being in the middle of a political one myself. but there needs to be more advocacy. There needs to be more people angry and, and shouting from the rooftops. Because you're not going to do anything sitting on your couch.
1: Yeah, and picking sides. Nonpartisan. Yeah. Look, w- you, no fraud at, at Cobo Hall, I'm telling you. I told Trump that wall won't work, right? I went after Rick Snyder and Flint. Man, I'm for the people. Where's the media? Give me some information. Uh, think about what old age is. It's just, watch this, inside you have wisdom. You're wise. You're calmer. You understand life. It's a dawn, in a sense, and then on the outside, your body is decaying. It's what a moment in life. Why aren't we? Well,
2: societies are judged too on how you treat uh, the elderly and the kids, right? Uh, are they? Are, are we? Well, they should be. Then yeah. what's happening to us? Well, that's what. That's what's worrisome.
1: <laughs> this is okay. Listen, um, Janet. If you want to stay, great. If not, you're awesome. Do me a favor. Remember us in Michigan, and please do just a little email me. I'll, I'll send you some stuff. We, we're still going through it. You can help save a life here.
3: I will, most definitely. Okay,
1: you're, you're aces. Thanks so much. Thank you. She's just cool. She's good, cool people. Okay, listen. The Whitmer administration has not fulfilled my request. Or our request here on the no bullshit news hour for COVID death data that may shed light on the true extent of the nursing home devastation. This, in my opinion, is a violation of state law, and more so, and this is not an opinion, it's a danger and disservice to our institutionalized elders who have borne the brunt of the suffering and continue to bear it. Cuomo, in New York is now under federal investigation, a second one apparently. For misleading the public, whose nursing home playbook was copied by Whitmer. This in the aftermath of an investigation conducted and published by the Office of the New York State Attorney General, a Democrat. There is no such courage in the Office of the Michigan Attorney General, also a Democrat. It really shouldn't be a partisan or political issue. Release the data, Madam Governor. But she won't. So... Breaking news. We have breaking news. Steve DeLee, the lead policy lawyer on transparency and open government with the august and well regarded Mackinac Center, the nonpartisan think tank here in Michigan, they have agreed to take our case to sue the Whitmer administration for the death data in these nursing homes i want to introduce steve de thank you brother did i say it right i know you're going to get lawyerly on that
4: no you did and i i really appreciate you having me on charlie okay where are we at brother why can't we have the data and what do we got to do to get it and what is the legal issue here sure so basically the department responded to your request by saying two things one they said that if we release this information that you requested Uh, We're going to reveal the protected health information of the people involved. That was one part of it. Other thing they said is basically under state law, vital records and information that comes from vital records is exempt from FOIA. On the first part, with regard to protected health information, I don't really know why they're applying that here. Uh, Just generally speaking, anybody can order a death certificate that would contain all of the information. It just costs more money to do so. Um, on the second piece, you know, it, it's really tricky because right now they're going to point to that statute and say, we don't have to give you anything, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't. Okay. Well,
1: you know, wh- what is the name of the think tank in um, New York state? The Empire-, Empire Center. The Empire Center. They sued and sued and sued, and eventually, on appeal, the judge agreed that the state's reasoning was nonsense. I will offer you this, and for the listeners, what I'm holding up is the statewide report on long-term care facilities where they're enumerating and listing deaths, new cases, and below it on the website, they're giving you cases and deaths for each and every
4: individual home so i don't understand the argument steve well i quite frankly charlie i don't either um it seems to be a a simple thing we we all want to see the data we want to understand where where these deaths are coming from we want to understand how they're happening we want to understand all of the science and data behind the state's coronavirus response
1: and why do we want to know that
4: steve well we it's important to be able to hold government accountable I mean, take a look at New York. Uh, you know, the Empire Center did great work. They, they, they followed up on a FOIA complaint, and they revealed basically this story of, of corruption and everything else. We don't know if that's happening here in Michigan because we don't have the underlying data. If we have it, our citizens can hold our government accountable, and we'll learn the truth. Didn't this governor
1: run on a transparency platform? Didn't she promise? Go ahead, tell us.
4: Yeah, she did. So uh, there's actually some campaign documents out there uh, back from when, when she, she was campaigning for office, obviously. Um, and she not only encouraged expanding FOIA to include the governor's office, uh, but said she would do so by executive action if the legislature wasn't willing to act. Oh, wait a minute. You're saying that in the state of
1: Michigan, the governor's diary, schedule, emails, communications are not public record. They don't she didn't have to give that stuff.
4: That's right, Charlie. Uh, Michigan is one of two states in the nation where the governor is exempt. Uh, it's the only state where we have it written into the law, and it's one of eight states where the legislature is exempt from FOIA.
1: This is bullshit. You hear? Look again. Nonpartisan, very august think tank. Smart dude. Steve's got a heart. We're the one of. T- we're the only state in the union where it's written into our law that the governor doesn't have to answer. And the legislature, only one of eight, where they don't have to answer to us what they're doing. Uh Uh-uh. And she campaigned on it. Oh, look what happens when you get the big chair, right? I'm going to sign in an executive order saying, you can look at my emails. We've got 213 executive orders, and none of them are about that. Close the restaurants, right? Close the schools, but not open up the books. We're
4: suing. Hey, Steve, are we going all the way to Supreme Court, bro? We'll have to see. Uh, Hopefully, we win before that, but who knows? Okay, listen. Are you doing it? Is this an announcement? Right now, what we're looking to do is figure out the best legal argument. So take a look at New York, right? The New York FOIA request was a little bit simpler because basically, New York just didn't respond to the request. Whereas here in Michigan, we have this complicated statute about vital records there's not a lot of case law on it, so this is going to be a cutting edge case, Charlie. I mean, we're going to have some, some heavy lifting to do to figure out, you know, how we can make this work. I'm confident that we can, but it's going to take some time to get it together. Sweet,
1: Look, the people, th- hey, Karen, are they are they on social media thanking Steve? They are, Steve,
0: and they're saying you're great. They appreciate it. You please share how people can support your efforts.
4: Yeah, um, thank you very much for bringing that up, Karen. Um there's a number of ways you can show support. If you're looking to show financial support or even just to follow the case and some of the studies that we do here at the Mackinac Center, um, you can head to our website. It's www.mackinac.org. Um that will contain donate links if you're looking to financially support. But you can also take a look at some of the other stuff we've we've been doing. I think we have six or seven active FOIA cases right now just from the past couple of months. So this won't be our only FOIA case. It's obviously a, a really big one, but uh, we do this work pretty consistently.
2: That's what I was going to ask you, Steve, is need to set how many suits you have out. How responsive are they after you file?
4: Uh, it depends on the case. Um, you know, most of the time we're filing in an effort to get the records and, you know, they're usually a little more simple than this case. Um, but, you know, of the last ones that we filed, everybody's still digging in their heels. We're not getting da- uh, records. Um, I think the only one that settled with us after we filed it recently uh, would be Lara. Lara settled with us, uh, but mm-hmm. everybody else is, is digging in. Uh, University of Michigan, Michigan State University, Ooh. Ooh. Um, those kind of places.
1: Ooh.
4: Well, guess what?
1: Me too and the Mackinac Center. Uh, you're getting to know me now, Governor. You're getting to know me. Ask the mayor. Ask the judges, ask the government Uh, uh-uh. uh, for the people. Uh, Hey, Steve, love you, brother. Uh, I'll be talking to you. They said, get Steve a shirt for
0: court. <laughs> they said for his legal appearances, he needs a fix the shit t-shirt. So which is
1: legal, <laughs> you know, which is legal because there's a Supreme Court case about a biker being in court, ran fuck off yeah. and he got charged. But that's free speech. Maybe we'll put it on a tie for you, Steve. Hey, what? wait? <laughs> cabrera's over here in the right hand corner he was wearing the fix the shit shirt now he's in his border patrol shirt
2: <laughs> he's doing costume changes all right for different acts <laughs>
1: all right steve um thanks dude this and show, uh we'll charlie. be in touch keep
2: fighting thanks charlie power to the
1: people cutting edge you hear thanks, that steve. cutting Thank edge steve. wow <laughs> we're not taking
2: it you're fired up man
1: you're feeling it
2: yeah I, I i don't understand what you know once again cover up worsen than crimes And again, you know, I just, again, this
0: still going on. It's still going on. What does that say? What does that say about, and I'm going to use the word a politician or a person running for elected office, that they're not obligated to provide by law? That's as disingenuous. I'm going to use that word loosely as it comes. Like, why? How do you incorporate that into your platform when you have them, when you can revert back and say, we can't disclose that by law? Um, That doesn't make any sense.
1: I think it's called horseshit political doublespeak. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, if you look ho- up in the dictionary, horse shit, political doublespeak. Here's a picture of it. There's a picture of Gretchen <laughs> Whitmer right there. You see it right there. So, hey, governor, strap it on. I'm coming. And I, I, I mean a helmet. Strapping on the helmet. You know, that's what I meant. Save me the emails. You understand what I mean? Just a saying. Okay, Mark? Yeah.
2: And I could see, I could see her just laughing this off.
1: So. Ah, don't worry about it. Don't And making
2: it into a t-shirt of her own.
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: Cute little tweet.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, and like I said before, I I, I had no issue. I liked Gretchen when she was in the legislature. No problem. I met with her before she ran for governor. This just took a deep turn to the South, and I am extremely disappointed.
1: Uh, Yeah. And, you you know, I mean, what happened to you? What happened to uh, Janice didn't happen to you. Mm -hmm. So some people are heartbroken. Other people are are dying. Look, here's another thing. I was listening to the oversight committee yesterday. We're not following the CDC guidelines about visitation. Oh, I'm shocked. Right? We, we made some new ones ourselves in Michigan. So three counties out of 83 in Michigan are fully open by the CDC's uh, requirements, yeah. right? Uh-huh. If we were actually following the CDC's guidelines, 38 of them could be open. Hmm.
2: Don't you like how uh, you follow the guidelines when it's advantageous for what you want to do? And then then, some people don't.
1: Right. Then you're quoting science and data. Nobody gets to see. See? Now, again, remember, I'm with everybody. We shut down the world's economy to protect people from death. We now know. Figure it out, yeah. 50% of them are 80 years old. We know at least 40% of them we're institutionalized elderly people. We now know. At least, yeah. Right? At least. Because everybody's lying about the goddamn exactly. numbers. Yeah. This is where we need to focus. And when you're lying about it and double talking about it, and I'm there. It's cover up. I, I, I Y'all know me. I've been doing this since April. It's almost been a year, and we're still doing it. Okay. We're moving on. We'll stay on it. You know how to fix the shit? How? You call ADR. It's pretty simple right? They're the ones you call when you need to get something done right on time, on budget. You don't know how to fix the nursing homes. You call ADR. You can't get a database together. You call ADR. You don't know how to get unemployment checks distributed. You call ADR. You don't hire hipsters to tweet shit. You call (laughs) ADR.
2: No hipsters.
1: Construction, deconstruction, demolition, rehabilitation, project management, owner representative services, technology deployments. Get it done and get it done right and without excuses. Hire somebody who's honest, ethical, smart, and discreet. Call Barry Tuck for a free consultation. 248-318-9424. One more time. 248-318-9424. Mention the No Bullshit News Hour. Right? Yeah. And let Ellen Tuck know you need somebody to
2: fix the shit. Amen. It's man There's a lot
1: of bullshit going on Ooh, down you're here. You're kidding, man. Now, very happy. Remember the, the conceit of this program. Next week's news today, two weeks ago. Uh, Lizzie, he's muted there. Chris, unmute yourself, looks like. Yeah. Two weeks ago, we had our friend. On the border, Chris Cabrera, spokesman for the National Border Patrol Council, right? Telling you we're getting a new rush. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's in McAllen, Texas. The kids are in cages again. What's going on, bro?
5: You know, this is, is, the, is the worst I've ever seen it. I, I've never seen it this busy um, with, with the, the entirety of what's going on with uh, the people coming in, the people that are turning themselves in. The people that are running from us—I mean, it's—it's just—it's amazing, and and it seems to be getting worse daily.
1: Wait a minute—you—you've been—you twenty years, right, with the service? Yeah, yeah, almost to be twenty years this year. So that'd be like you started in two thousand and one. Yeah, I crossed the border with the Sinaloa cartel in two thousand and one. That shit was buck wild. You're telling me it's like that?
5: It's—it's—it's—it's the worst I've ever seen it. In terms—in
1: terms terms of all of humanity, or kids, or what?
5: everything, everything. I mean, one, the amount of drugs that come across, um, the, the people that are coming across, whether they're turning themselves in or whether they're, they're trying to avoid detection. Usually they're, they're working, uh, the smugglers are are working them uh, in concert with each other. We'll have a group turning themselves in, uh, 15, 20 people. And at the same time, we have a group of 15, 20 people, uh, you know, 500, a thousand yards, east or west of them moving at the exact same time, um, to, to occupy us with, uh, the ones that are turning themselves in so the other folks can get away. Uh, Meanwhile, a couple miles away, we have two, three, 400 people coming per hour, uh, just walking up, turning themselves in. Um, It's amazing. We had a lady give birth down there the other day. Um, The other night when I worked, we had a kid, an eight year old kid with a broken leg that we had to
1: treat. It's just, it's constant out there. Wow. Let's just hold on. Let's think about that. Let's think about humanity moving, giving birth, Children breaking legs. Fucking good God. Listen, um, the news is Biden reopened the kid cages that Trump got ragged for, got destroyed for, which, in fact, were actually built by Obama and Biden before. That's when I first met you going to look at it under Obama. Um, are they op- Where are they open? Is McAllen, Texas is the notorious cages. Is that open yet? Is it going to be open? You know, the, the center we had that, that was built in 2013,
5: 14, that, era, that, that place has been gutted so that we can uh, uh, renovate it. So we have, uh, there's a tent facility out here that's opened up. I know there's uh, out farther further west from us, there's a, a facility that, that they were protesting, the, the kids in cages protest. Um, and apparently it's the exact same facility. Apparently nobody is, is, is bothered by it. I haven't seen Alyssa Milano down there screaming and crying of how inhumane it is, but it's the exact same facility. Um, we we have, um, the other night we had a, a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old boy by himself. Um, we had a 13-year-old boy that was traveling by himself. And, and this is just, it's it's insane. Normal people don't send a seven-year-old to, to look out for themselves uh, across uh, state lines or or, or or international borders. And, and that's what we're seeing. Um, on top of that, we're not testing anybody that's coming through. We don't have the, the means to test anybody. So they're coming in and they're hopping on a bus. And I know uh, uh, two guests ago, you had somebody that, that they lost their, their, their parents or in-laws to, to COVID. And, and something like this is just going to open up more, more virus, more disease to come into the United States unchecked.
2: Chris, why are not they uh, testing people? I mean, you can go see uh, the Brooklyn Nets play now and get a 15-minute rapid test to go watch a basketball game. Uh, is there any answers to why people aren't getting tested coming across
5: well we don't we don't have the means to do it where we're at i mean if they had to give why us the test, i mean if you had to give us the test this is just at my station just one station if you had to give us the test we we'd be testing upwards of a thousand a day and then you multiply that all across the uh the southwestern border and we just we don't have the means to do it we don't we our guys don't even have vaccines you know we we We've been kind of left hanging dealing with. Our wait, whoa, stuff.
1: wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Border Patrol agents haven't been vaccinated. Well, you know, when the the
5: vaccine came out, um, Veterans Affairs set aside, I think, 54,000 doses for their people. Bureau of Indian Affairs set aside, I believe, 111,000 for their people. Bureau of Prison set aside. They, they had CDC set aside enough for. Uh, all of their, their officers, all of their personnel and all of the people they have in custody. <clears throat> Nobody said anything aside for the border patrol. Holy Nobody. So uh, we're, we're having to get ours from the state and, and it's, it's, it's a lengthy process. It's
1: kind of a, yeah, um, it's, it's Texas, dude. We know how the States work. Same. They can't get the shit together. How many kids are in custody it. now? You couple.
5: know, we go out there to the state, and and we ask for a vaccine. And the vaccine, the the people administering it, at first they were saying, "Well, you guys are federal; you got to get it from your people." And luckily, we we have good working relationships with the communities that we're in, and so some of our guys have gotten it. Um, our EMTs have gotten it, but the vast majority of our agents haven't gotten it. And we've have you Have you gotten it? Kids. I've I've gotten
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the fucking swells at the top oh. that get it.
5: Whoever can get it, you man. notice that. Yeah, and, and I was able to to get it just because I'm a I'm a I'm a certified EMT. So oh, um, right. they let so there. The, the EMTs get it. Um, but the actual agents there, they're they're not I mean some places are allowing it, some aren't, and it's just kind of pick and choose where you go and, and hopefully you'll get it.
1: Now let's try to do the kumbaya with everybody. So d- defund the police, get rid of ice, da. Look, maybe, maybe you believe that, but you also believe mask up, stay home, right? There's a commonality here. I think we can all agree that we shouldn't be putting your your people, your guys and gals in harm's way that we all agree that the children should be inoculated once we pick them up, and so should the border patrol agents now having no, said that
5: a lot of people a lot of people believe in defund the police until somebody's running through their rose bushes at three o'clock in the morning
1: or um, how, let me say yeah. this how many kids about are in custody on any given day?
5: Uh, I would say just in our area, four hundred, three hundred. Just in I'm your in company. that's that's not uh, kids with parents. That's just by themselves.
1: Right. That's just you. That's not uh, that's not uh, San Isidro. That's not yeah, that's Douglas. That's just you and in, in McAllen. It's thousands yeah. of kids a day. Now, thousands. what do we do with these kids?
5: It, it all depends. Usually, there are the, uh, a lot of the unaccompanied. The, the vast majority of them, their parents are already here, so they find their parents, and then we take them to their parents or the parents come picking up. Usually they'll, they'll have somebody ship the kid with a, a, a chaperone to wherever the parents at.
1: So they'll ship the kid.
5: Yeah. I mean, not like FedEx or anything, but they'll, you know, get them on a plane with a, you know, chaperone or whoever, usually one chaperone, five or six kids, and they'll go around the country and dropping them off. I guess door to door service. God, that is something. Wow. Yeah. You know, the, the what, sad thing is. What's the cost is, though,
0: implications I of mean, that, Chris? What's that?
5: Very, what's very the, human of you there.
0: I'm sorry. It's very human of you to put a, a number what? on a child. Yeah.
1: What's the cost? No.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't
1: mean honestly, it that way, but
0: I'm asking. Because, know. you know, because and I'm, let me say why I'm asking that, because everybody talked about under the previous administration, the cost. We also heard about stopping the the production uh, of the wall. I'm just asking in terms of the cost implications and not just financial, but in terms of resources. You've talked about strained resources that you have on the border. And then two, the implication of the process that you have said before in some of your earlier interviews, well, you know, that it was already lacking in terms of trying to process such a high number of people coming across the border. Yeah,
5: and and with the cost, I don't know. I know that's um, uh, ICE that, that that's their that's their wheelhouse. They they deal with that stuff. Um, so I I wouldn't know on the cost. I know the as far as the manpower goes, it, it is a big strain on our manpower because the the sheer number of people coming in that pulls more agents out of the field to process. So now we have less people in the field to actually apprehend. And and the cartels they 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 use that as a tool to to get us out of the area. Um, okay, and and it is it is a huge strain on there and I'm going to be honest with you yeah. one one thing that that really bugs me is is seeing a a kid traveling alone i i that that just bothers me i mean i have young kids i have a grandson now and and you know i get it you know times are tough things are hard you got to do what you got to do but there's no way there, there's no way on god's green earth that i would send uh, one of my sons or daughters by themselves if i had to go there if they, if we had to cross for whatever reason they would do so side by side with me and I, I just don't I, nobody will ever convince me that a normal parent will send their child thousands of miles at, at seven years old by themselves or five years old by themselves. It's just it shouldn't happen. And as an American citizen, I mean, you you can't leave your kid in the Walmart parking lot for three minutes or you're going to jail. And here we are putting a kid on top of a train for four countries. That's to me, that is just insane. And and what's worrisome is how many of these kids don't make it to their final uh, destination with their parents how many get snatched up somewhere along that journey and to me that is the, the scary part of all this
1: and let's think about it one more time uh, i'll say this i'll give you the last word before we move on think about the human implications put your politics aside no again these are facts the cages were built by the obama administration they separated families as well we all know about trump we know that the facility um the, that they're holding them now. And what is it? Uh, Corizo? Is that the yeah, name? Those brains, yeah. Yeah. That was closed since 2019. It's back open. Yeah. You got to ask what, you know, when, when the president utters something, people move. Mm-hmm. They absolutely read into it. Now we have another human crisis. Stop thinking in a partisan way and ask your government to get its shit together. There's a middle road, but there can't be a middle road if none of us want to be in the middle.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I think I think you hit it right on the head. I, I think the problem that we're seeing here is it's turned into a partisan issue and it shouldn't be a partisan issue. I, I think that the politicians, they got to take that 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 partisan hat off, leave it at the door. And if they can't manage to do that, then they need to get out of the way and put somebody in there that that that's willing to. Because, I mean, I see it a certain way uh, politically, just like everybody else does. But then I also see it uh, as, a, as a human, as, as a father, um, see what's going on and, and what happens with these kids. And I, I think until people can honestly take a, 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 a real look at it, uh, an honest look at what's going on and do the right thing for these kids and for these families, if it's if they're all they're worried about is, is what their talking points from their, their party leader is, then, then we've already failed.
2: Chris, this past week, um, Biden reversed uh, Trump's ban, uh, COVID ban on green cards and visas. Has that had an effect? Because, like Charlie said, you know the president utters something and people move. Um, has that had an effect with what Border Patrol is doing? Has have people fled or looking for a legal way in?
5: Well, you know, with, with us, uh, you know, we're always going to get the guys that that aren't coming through the bridge, so that yeah. that wouldn't really affect us too much. Um, but now there are is talks of, of ending Title Forty Two, which. Um, allows us to expel people that come in immediately. That way, you know, we're not spreading the virus more. And Uh, once those, once those cups come off us, we're, I mean. It was effective,
1: Chris. It was effective. We had some order, you know, people, you, you line up and you apply for asylum. There was Mm -hmm. some order. We didn't have kids being birthed in the desert with broken legs. Going to leave it at that. Thank you, man. You got the package. Did you get the Coney dogs?
5: I, I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm sure it'll be here today.
1: What, the Coney Dogs?
5: Yeah, well, I got the first one, but yeah, they were a little... Rotten? A little late, but, yeah, I'm waiting on the second one. Don't so blame that, that on us. Blame America. that on
1: your it's... fucking power grid down there, man. <laughs> Goddamn Coney Dogs sitting in a warehouse for two weeks. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't eat them. <laughs> you got the t-shirt, though. I got it. Okay, go put it on and come back. Well, like, we're just going to go to, a, uh, you know, uh, right, we'll Hall Financial as Chris goes and... Puts on the no bullshit news hour gear. He's going to take his shirt
0: off on
1: camera. He's a professional. He exits. Listen, now, if you feel good about you, uh, you know, having your shirt off on camera or your interest rate because it's in the threes, get over it and call Hall Financial because rates are now in the twos. Mm -hmm. And he's now in the fix the shit t-shirt. Look at that. Proudly wearing that.
2: Quick costume change.
1: Look, be smart, people. Make the call because you could be saving money. There are no money around. Set in your house. Get with it. Refi. Hall Financial is fast and they do all the heavy lifting. So you can go to uh, uh, David right? Or call 248 308 5000. 308 5000. 308 5000 in the 248. David Hall Okay, Karen, we're just going to go buy this because we got Red out there freezing his balls near the project right i just want to say this news of the detroit on the detroit corruption front not good news for duggan as the authorities close in the latest this week the owner of the largest asbestos abatement company in the city's federally funded demo program was charged in state court on thursday on a raft of corruption counts including bribery money laundering and false pretenses carrying a sentence of more than 20 years in prison this company b back environmental was responsible for moving asbestos in more than 12,000 of the 15,000 houses. So, now the Attorney General has been contacted by the feds. They're in on it. Mr. Mr. Mayor, you can't call around now to the state government asking questions because you'd be obstructing justice. The feds just made a move, brother. And at the same time, Karen has unveiled an addition and an addendum To a contract that the mayor wants, if you could quickly let our viewership know about that, Karen. Found this out courtesy
0: of the office of Council President Brenda Jones, who is following the contracts that the administration is trying to push through very carefully. One of those contracts requested an increase for an advertising budget up to one point three million dollars. $1.3
1: $1.3 million advertising that
0: was a increase this, this, this is from a four company uh, called Emerald media. It's an LLC uh, on some sites. It says Birmingham, Michigan, but there is a Detroit office address, but a two, four, eight number. Uh, and it is run by the person who was the former uh, corporate director of integrated marketing for DMC under uh, Duggan. So, so let me, let me put this, this clear. Let me put know, this
1: clear. What Karen's uncovered here. They want, to increase to $1.4 million in advertising budget for demolition, blight, and COVID vaccine. $1.4 million for a city that's broke as a joke. Okay? The person whose company's getting it was Mike Duggins, director of marketing communications wow, how convenient. at the Detroit Medical Center during the time. That they got busted for Medicaid fraud and kickbacks and ended up paying 30-something million dollars. So what this latest round of PR is for, I don't know. But we at the No Bullshit News Hour, the editorial board, have decided to implore the city council to turn down this contract. This is excellent work by Karen, whose Internet sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, President Jones did just that. So it's been put off until next week. She presented some questions to the administration. Some of the responses came back in. Uh, They had the police department and general services included to promote dumping sites. The city of Detroit has a television station. The city of Detroit has the support of all of the television stations here. I mean, what are you doing advertising for? And don't forget that an agency gets 15% of any media placed. So there's no distinction between how much of this 1.4 million is for services and how much it is actual ad dollars.
1: Okay. And we'll be bringing this to you later. I've been working on it this week. The city's in danger of its pension system going insolvent. I don't know how they're going to make $200 million payments year after year after year coming up in 2023. So every nickel counts. Good work. Small, but really important. It's what's going on. Keep your eyes on that demolition stuff. Watch. It's not over, folks. Okay. Now, there it is. There it is, Mike. Listen, Mr. Mayor. It's the torture. Drip, drip, drip. You hear that, Madam Governor? Slow and never stopping. Drip, drip, drip. Now, we're going to take you out to our, our, our correspondent on the street, comedian Detroit Red, uh, who's got a little information. It looks like uh, the, the housing projects in Wayne County, some of them, and other customers may be losing their heat. Red, what do you got for us?
6: What have yeah, you You are very correct on that, Charlie. I got whispers to the wind. That energy, uh, public housing people start receiving letters and notification that there would be what's called rolling heat outs. If you don't know what that Boy. is, it's similar to a rolling brownout. When your lights go real low, you're barely getting electricity. So now because of the Texas situation and other problems and the deregulation and the way they play the whole few deregulation game, a lot of the housing projects or public housing have received notification that because of the situation in Texas, which is called in French force majeure here in America, major force in my neighborhood, some shit I can't control, basically we'll be getting uh, heat out starting as early as February 12th. So you may be asking, well, what the hell does all of this mean for me? Basically what it means is you think you're getting your gas from DTE or Consumers Energy or whoever your big utility company is. And majority of us are. But for those that have decided to go the cheaper route and go with the third party guy that calls you on the phone from all the way in Texas and tells you, I can give you cheaper gas because they have had major freeze and infrastructure issue at these places where this cheaper gas comes from it means you're going to freeze your ass off so you got cheaper gas that's already been paid for but they don't have the gas to give so basically it's like giving the weed man your money up front and he never comes back with the back
1: (laughs) so you're saying why why can they do that so you're saying that some public housing is, bu- is trying to get over on the, government's trying to get over on the cheap. They bought cheap gas from a Texas supplier supplied through the pipelines of DTE. They don't have the gas because of the freeze. And now they're being warned that they might shut your heat off. Pretty much. It's uh, like this. You could have heat today and no heat tomorrow and calling to
6: see if you paid your bill to do no good. Because even if your bill is paid because they don't have that cheap gas to give you, you're just shit out of luck. You're liable to freeze in your house, or you can go sit in your car and waste your car gas to stay warm, or you can light the oven, light the stove. Hopefully that'll be enough. But the whole problem with this is to me is why cheap out on something that everybody needs when well, you can just have all this in play? Deregulation is good if you got a backup plan. But if the backup plan is, Hey,
1: we ain't got it, so you can't get it. Fuck you. I can't agree with that. Man, that's like we finding that out about Texas and California and Michigan. And again, fix the shit.
6: Fix the shit.
1: And you wouldn't believe you probably sitting at home wondering,
6: well, we in Michigan. What does that got to do with Texas? Yeah. Well, those third party cheaper gas providers are located in places like Texas, Utah and all down there. So when they have a major event. That's out of their control, as they say. Basically, they don't tell you we're going to make sure you're all right. They tell you, hey, we ain't got it. You ain't going to get it. And hopefully you're wearing some long jobs until we fix it.
1: Ain't that some shit? Like, if a tree fell on me, I couldn't pay my mortgage. I don't claim a force majeure. Yeah, I got to pay. First of all, the first time I'm
6: 15 days late on a gas bill, they shut it off. So... How does this work? You already got my money. Now I don't get no gas because they ain't got it. And then the discount they may give you to reflect the gas they didn't give you ain't going to be what the hell you paid for the damn gas in the first place.
2: Any idea how they prioritize who gets? uh, I mean, are we is it lower on the totem pole because we're out there or because it's uh, we're not in Texas or because it's government?
6: Well, no, basically is whoever is getting that gas through that third party. Once their supply runs out, that's it to all the customers, whether it be public housing or private. Uh, okay. force the scale on where you're at on the ladder, my, I couldn't tell you. All I know is if I pay for gas, I should be getting gas and uh, not
1: the gas out my ass. I'm Amen. talking about the gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. You passed the test. Here's the funny thing. Why isn't the company, this, this fly-by-night third-party company, and by the way, it's not just public housing. It's also skyscrapers it's your house look on your bill and it's it's got a lot why aren't they required to buy a backup contract where they're going to have to lose money it's kind of like GameStop. yeah hey you got to buy that shit back and return it whatever the price yeah so why isn't that part of it i don't know they're not
2: forced to and they're not going to do anything unless they're forced to
1: but see detroit red's out there freezing some balls to bring you the news
2: yeah
6: I I tried to find somebody that I could speak to about this, but most of the people I talked to was too damn pissed off at how much the gas bill was in the first place to even give a damn. Hmm. (laughs) Right. And the reality, the third party gas guy don't even really save you nothing but some pennies. Yeah. He
1: really don't. Good point. So there you go. All right, Red, It's a good report. Thank you, my friend. And, uh, Come oh, on by, you know this hold, hold on, hold on. I have to do this
6: correctly, Charlie. Okay. Oh, there
1: you
6: go. This is comedian Detroit Red reporting for NBN. No bullshit news with Charlie and Back to you, Charlie. See, we we're
1: working on it. What?
2: No deuces. Whoa,
6: deuces. He's, he's deuces. Rep- <laughs>
2: it's almost like he's reporter Detroit. You know what's Red fucked now. up?
1: He just went deuces and held up three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I didn't want to drop my damn microphone. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. That don't make any sense because now you're only holding on there with two fingers.
6: I don't have time for your shit, Charlie. It's cold and they don't have gas here, okay?
2: There's the right answer.
6: My man. Hey, hey, quit picking on Karen. She'll be okay with we'll <laughs> picking on Karen. I wish Mike fixed. It's her goddamn
1: internet provider. She's going third party on this bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not, listen, I, I just checked my signal, and my signal shows 100%. Everything is, I don't know what it is. Somebody's Karen. after me, Charlie.
6: <laughs> Let me tell you a secret, Karen. It's always going to say 100% because they don't know, want you to know how shitty of a service they're giving. Mm. That comes from them. Yeah, it's man, always going to say 100
1: <laughs> <laughs> percent. <laughs> all right. Now, now listen folks, we're, we're going to take this out, right? In, in the first of all, it was a terrific program today. really was. Good work by everybody. We're really getting there, right? We promise you, we will stay on it. All our brothers and sisters out our countrymen, our fellow humans, will stay on this. Big news: Whitmer is being investigated by the Department of Justice, and we are coming with a lawsuit. All the Coming way to the get end. Forehead. Coming against your forehead. Coming to forehead. <laughs> okay, listen. In, uh, in the interest of Detroit Black History Month, to take us out is a pivotal figure in Motown's formative years. Singer, composer Barrett Strong was a key associate and friend of Barry Gordy. It was this hit, Money, written by him and cut in 1960 that provided the vital money to have Barry Gordy expand Motown into what it would become. It was Barrett's only major hit as a vocalist. But he would go on during the 60s and 70s to collaborate with Norman Whitfield on some historic songs, including I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, Ball of Confusion, and War. Barrett Strong, born and raised in Detroit City. Your love give me such a peace. But your love don't pay my bills. I need, uh, uh, I want. I need some I gas. Beatles cut I
2: what I want. That's what I want. That's
1: what I want. The Animals cut this. John Lee Hooker cut this. It's Detroit Origin right here. Say something, Karen. Oh, <laughs> oh now it works. But what it don't get, i can gain you. Love you. That's why I
2: won't.
1: for a